So, hey, good people, welcome back to another episode of the No Good People podcast, celebrating good people through good conversation. I'm your host, Vera Smith-Winfrey, and my guest today is Asante Asiedu, founder and chief executive officer of UDISA, a multifaceted technology company that enhances the ways to teach and learn about heritage. Their mission is to empower students to explore heritage and culture throughout the world by applying metaverse-ready technologies to storytelling, games, and interdisciplinary learning tools. I recently met Asante at the Fall Festival in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Although I have heard and read the story of Anansi the Spider many times, I was intrigued by the colorful imagery in this storybook edition and the use of technology throughout the book, making it accessible to all readers. So Asante, welcome, and thanks for joining me on the No Good People podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Before we get into the project um, and your story about the project, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, where were you born and raised? What were you like growing up? Were you always interested in storytelling and technology? Or is it a passion that you developed later? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm from um, Farmington, Connecticut, originally. Um, born and raised in Connecticut, um, went to Westminster School um, in Simsbury, Connecticut for high school, and then um, followed that into, from there into um, Lehigh University um, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So um, growing up, I I don't I wouldn't say that I was particularly uh, you know interested in storytelling. I've always I've always loved stories. The Nazi stories were actually my um, kind of favorite stories growing up, um, and I, I guess I I used to draw comics a little bit, but um, you know, for the most part, I was just kind of enjoying uh enjoying the the Connecticut lifestyles uh, growing up. You know, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. So, what got you interested in technology and in and storytelling? Right. So when I got to college, um, I kind of trying to decide my major um started in the business business school and um was approached by um one of my professors to you know go to Ghana and to do um some studying abroad um you know during my like during my years there and um you know it was like uh I'd been to Ghana when I was younger. My mom um, had brought me at that time, but um, I, there were just so many misconceptions that I knew that my friends had about like the African continent that I wanted to be able to go and, you know, kind of bring back like an experience that wasn't something that, um, you know, they had seen before that they, um, we're really getting within like, you know, media um, kind of representations of Africa and the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we knew about these uh, cameras. They were 360 degree cameras um, and had the idea to kind of preserve, um, you know, our experience when we traveled and bring that back um, in such a way that could be experienced with, um, you know, like virtual reality headsets and, um, you know, kind of give a more immersive feel to 
what the enhancer a different perspective of the continent is um and get kids like interested in it and um you know really thinking about like what the future holds for um for the continent so that was um kind of the first um like thought towards like you know maybe we could use this technology to bring these experiences back um and then from there it just kind of started to to snowball into like the different ways that technology can you know make learning about the continent learning about heritage and culture um you know more exciting and more accessible um and so that's kind of where udisa udisa came from and mm -hmm. and how, how we got there wow so why the name udisa um so when i was uh when i was younger actually my my mother used to uh tailor and like make my clothes and she had a uh, you know a company she wanted to start and it was called udisa um and it meant you know take pride to take pride in you know all you do and all you hope to um you know hope to achieve and she didn't end up um you know continuing that to um you know be a a business or you know she didn't kind of continue with it but um when i was you know starting to work with um you know these different technologies that's just kind of what came to mind as um you know a way to kind of bring that back and to you know put some uh some feeling behind it yeah well, that's really interesting. And it's such an interesting definition of that word, you know, taking pride. Mm -hmm. um, so you have several partners that are part of UDISA. Correct. Um, and did they go to school with you? How did you, I guess, build this collective of talent? Um, yes. So um, Miles Davis um, is our like vice president, uh, international uh, international relations and international development uh, expert. He actually traveled with me um, to Ghana the first time that I went um, like and that was um, on the heels of like a trip that we had gone with Lehigh. Mm -hmm. um, and while we were on that trip is when, um, you know, things really started to form for like establishing, registering, um, and, you know, going forward with UDISA as like a business venture um, that we could kind of use to like amass, um, you know, this technology and, you know, put it to purpose um, when it comes to, you know, getting kids excited or like starting to teach and learn about, um, you know, heritage and cultures. Um, so he and I, um had you know kind of did a lot of the early photography um of you know different locations um throughout Ghana specifically mm -hmm. um we documented for example like the slave castles which are you know still um you know standing along the coast of the country but then wanted to take that and go further like inland because you know, a lot of people, they will only get that slavery, colonization, civil rights kind of story right, when it comes right. to like Black heritage. But if you, you know, look past that and you are looking at the continent as a whole, like there are civilizations, there are people, there are so much culture and so much happening, even to the point of like currently developing the continent that is 
overlooked in, in my opinion in education especially in the u.s and i don't i think that that's where like there's a frustration i have there where it's like a lot of um you know schools are claiming to be you know the best in uh you know education or you know best for preparing your students to you know get out into the world or do um you know whatever it is they're going to do but then you have you know, all of these raw materials being sourced from like the African continent that right, are right. kind of going into, you know, what this world that like these kids are supposed to be prepared to get into is like composed of, but they're not learning anything about it. And so it's like, there's just a huge gap for like understanding how like Africa plays, Africa specifically in, you know, this, um, in this example, but plays a role into, um, you know, the development of every, like every nation really. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like a wide, like wide picture, um, you know, look at it, but what Miles and I wanted to start with like the documentation that we were doing was, you know, this collection of, all right, we're going to go to an art center now. Like we're going to start showing you what the inside of the continent looks like. So that way that exposure can hopefully, you know, break down some of these misconceptions that, you know, you might have about the continent and really, um, you know, kind of open you up to, you know, the possibilities of what, um, you know, learning about different cultures and different uh, places can can do and how it can benefit, how it can benefit you. Um, but that was, so, <laughs> that was a long, uh, long introduction for um, the relationship with Miles um that we that um kind of got balls the ball really rolling um with Udisa but um <clears throat> then uh with John Derrick and Bajessa um you know they they also went to Lehigh um but they were um you know just absolute like like uh like pivotal kind of addition to um you know what what we have started to build um and what we're continuing what we're continuing to build um you know john derrick um is our chief operations officer um so he really kind of keeps us and sets us the task when it comes to just like order of operations um in like executing or like releasing new products or kind of getting into, um, you know, management like of, of the team. Um, and Bajessa um, is our CTO um, mm -hmm. and he has the most um, like technical experience, um, you know, on the team and is currently, um, currently employed um, like as a, uh, as like with a full-time like a full-time position so it's like a part-time um he's not able to work like full-time yet like within Udisa but kind of hoping in the uh coming coming months or this coming year um to be able to you know really raise some funding and be able to bring everybody on full-time um John Derrick also was a um major in computer science um okay. at Lehigh so that's how like both of them um kind of came into into the mix I had met them um like as we were trying to like develop and kind of build out the the resources that we had um yeah between us but 
So have you had success getting your project in front of like educators and in schools um, or how have you gone about make, making sure that this information is getting out? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we, we really, I would say kicked off as a, um, as a company, like at the start of the pandemic. Um, and so things were shutting down and we were like figuring out how like all right like you know our resources are online like people can use kind of the tours uh footage that we've collected and explore that how do we get that content um you know in front of people and so we started doing like summer camps um and working with um kind of youth group programs just again to provide primary resources um and in the cases of schools, it became a little bit tougher to um, to bring content directly to them um, because in part, like there weren't too many people like in classrooms that we could like go to and like the emails, like people were really adjusting, I think, to doing everything online. Um, so coming with like a, a new, like uh, a new resource or a new experience that is also online at that time, um, I think was slowed because of that. Um, so are not like that, that it led us to like down like the nonprofit, um, nonprofit route where we started working with like, again, other after school programs, summer camps, and um, just nonprofit organizations that were interested in getting, you know, their students or like their kind of K through like, I would say high school um, level kids, um, you know, early exposure with like social emotional uh, learning resources. And again, the primary resources of being able to see some of these locations. So um, that's kind of where we've seen the most success, like initially, Mm -hmm. um, and as we have been moving forward, like I'd say like by 2021, yeah, probably like the like mid 2021, um, we started being able to revisit conversations with um, like the administrations at universities, um, not so many high schools. We haven't we've spoken with teachers at high schools. Um, and in some cases, we've had teachers who will bring like the resources in for units, um, you know, just as like references um, for for their students and things like that. But um, yeah, recently talking with universities about, um, you know, how to curate the content that we have to fit curriculum that is um you know, at the different grade levels or have students be able to curate that through their study abroad um, programs or as they're going themselves out. So the idea is to really build a catalog um, through like these partnerships with universities and find ways to have the resources that are produced then become available, um, you know, to the general public um, within our, our catalog. But Got it. So I don't know if, I, if that answered your question. No, that definitely does answer my question. Uh, because I, you know, I'm always thinking about ways to make sure that um, that I, as well as others, are putting you in front of the right audience, right? 
Um, and so, and it's helpful to know, like, what is it your, what is your target audience? So that's helpful for us. Yeah. And definitely yeah. helpful for me. Oh, sorry. And definitely helpful for me. Oh, okay. All right. Um, yeah. I was going to say we have about like three, we like our, as an organization, we're broken up into about like three kind of main, um, you know, main areas, like one being the storybooks, um, you know, which you saw kind of like XR products. Yes. Where we can incorporate AR 360 degree like QR code scans um, and, you know, eventually VR into the products themselves. Um, then we have the catalog, which is, you know, just all the photos and 360 degree experiences that we're able to amass through, um, you know, different partnerships or different relationships, um, either with universities or with independent, um, you know, creators. And then we have services, which is where, you know, we've kind of found ourselves now working with um, the universities directly to curate content specific for their needs. Or in the case of, um, oh, the library company of Philadelphia, um, we recently curated an exhibit for them, which was to create like a dynamic art piece um, that could be evaluated past, um, you know, just the, I guess, the onset of it. The piece is a Liberty Presents the Arts and Sciences. And it's a very like controversial piece in the way that it's, um, you know, kind of portraying Liberty as like, a white woman who is like shackled um, to like this room, um, you know, presenting arts and history and like these um, like mathematics to like black people who are like on their knees and like um, kind of like almost grateful to have been freed or to have been educated. Um, and it's it's a very, it's it's an abolitionist movement piece and like out of context, it might, like seem um you know like a little bit like like shallow like minded and like you know with Egypt being where mathematics started like why is you know she giving mathematics to you know these like black people but it's the abolitionist movement um and I think the the author or like the artist um was making essentially a gesture to the library company and to like this public sphere of, um, you know, like stopping um, slavery in the U.S. And mm -hmm. there, there are like layers of conversation essentially that are kind of within the piece and like the time in which it was um, introduced. And what we've done with like the experience that we curated for the library company um, is essentially to create a 360 degree bubble um, in which the kind of different opinions, different um, interpretations and like conversations with the piece can be looked at um, and can be shared. And so I think the goal there is to be able to work with the library company farther um, into kind of taking a look at their entire collection of, you know, African history and heritage and seeing, you know, the type of experiences that, can be, you know, preserved and recreated for, you know, future generations um, to, to be able to see. But that's kind of a more of a service um, that we provide to specific and need-based um, organizations. But those three, the products, catalog, and services are really where, um, you know, our focus is. 
um, and our team is managing these right now, um, you know, like very effectively. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to, to see what this next year brings. But um, that's, you know, more or less where, um, where we're at right now. Got it. So what would you say has been the most rewarding about this experience for you as well as for your team? Oh, seen. I mean, for me, I, I don't. I don't know if I could speak for speak for everyone, but um, for me, just seeing like the kids, like when they react to like the storybooks, like I I enjoy like the fact that it's kind of like they they can have a good time with the characters without it being like about like race or without it being about like um what's it called like a like a like a battle or a clash of like you know cultures like when they look at like the anansi the spider like mm-hmm. I remember some girls like oh like it's a grandpa and it's like you know that's that's the kind of like relationship or like that's the kind of like you know identification um that i think is like really powerful with um the way that we're storytelling and the way that we're um going to kind of continue to bring these stories into um you know into like whether it's animation or into like these xr spaces right um, because you know at the at the end of the day it's like i think the social emotional learning um part of it is like the most is the most valuable um and seeing being able to see that is something that it just it's you know maybe like when those kids grow up like you know they won't look at like the continent of africa and think like right. oh i can't i can't go there like oh i shouldn't like you know like go there by myself or like whatever it's like i think that there's like a whole world to kind of explore um you know on the continent and i think that it'll contribute to um you know just a lot of um you know just social development that is is necessary um yeah and what has been your response from families of the children that have have experienced this or experienced i mean every like everyone that we've spoken to so far um you know short of like uh like a couple bugs with uh like the applications um have just really loved the the experience loved the the stories um you know their kids i think in like the first book the the moral like the narrative is uh around cooperation um and it poses a question at the end that is like which of anansi's sons um you know has saved him and the like the answer is that you know that they all work together to in order to save him but i think that the conversation that the kids like start to have after that has been something that's been noted um you know by some of the parents that have have purchased the book um and even in like the the second book like just kind of hubris and you know like some some arrogance is able to be identified by like the kids who are reading the books and so i think that's like um you know the identification of things that aren't necessarily um you know black and white but like you know more based in um you know like the well-being or like the treatment i think that's like what's so powerful about like the african folk tales um you know and just like kind of the storytelling in in general but um these stories specifically um we're seeing a lot of success and a lot of like kind of positive reaction just from parents being able to watch their kids um as they go through them That's great. 
I love it. I love, I mean, I just love the whole idea of it. Um, but it's also great to know, and I'm sure it's very reassuring to know that it's not just the kids, but also the family members mm. that um, really enjoy it and have, you know, and have a positive reaction to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit about how the project is funded and um, and how people can contribute or donate. Yeah, so um, right now, like, obviously any purchases like from the website um, are going directly, you know, kind of to the continued, uh, you know, growth of the business. Um, we have subscriptions to the catalog, um, which, you know, are a great way to support like new content being added. Um, the subscription gives you full access to all the content that's on our, um, like on our catalog or within our catalog, as well as discounts to the products that are within the, um, within the bookstore. Mm -hmm. And all of those are kind of our funding, um, funding metrics right now. Um, next month, we'll be opening up a Kickstarter um, for AR um, like flashcards. Um, they'll kind of oh, wow. through, yeah, black uh, black icons throughout history. Um, kind of going to expand into, you know, just cultural icons um, in general, but starting with black icons, just because, you know, that's where, um, you know, as a team, um, you know, we've seen there being like a, a lack in these kind of engaging resources. So, going to flip that on its head and um you know start from there and see see how far we can how far we can take it but that will be available next month um again in november and um there should be information um available either on the website um at udesa u-d-e-e-s-a dot org um or via email um at community at udesa dot org and can you tell me the handles for your instagram as well uh, as yeah absolutely so uh for instagram uh it's u d e e s a dot g h um and for twitter um it's u d e e s a t and that's um yeah those are those are our socials right now we should be actually adding animated shorts on um youtube pretty soon mm -hmm. um but i'll kind of keep you posted for for those as uh, please do please do Absolutely. Um, what else would you like to share in our final few moments or what else you'd like to share about, you know, Udisa, about yourself? Um, I mean, currently we're, I mean, I think we're just having a good time, um, you know, building, building these kind of resources out. Um, I think if, as a as a listener or you know very you yourself like if there's any feedback that you have um towards the products or mm -hmm. towards um you know just kind of creative ways that storytelling could be incorporated into your communities um please you know don't hesitate to reach out um it's because the technology itself is so new um there's more people than you would think that are you know not not sure necessarily how to incorporate it into um you know their workplaces or you know right. their, yeah you know their kind of day-to-day -day, um kind of lives but um you know i promise you it's not from at least the uh perspective that we're you know coming from um it's not a impossible task 
Um, and it is something that can really add a lot of, um, you know, excitement, um, especially for, especially for young learners, um, you know, into, into that learning experience. So I would recommend, um, you know, definitely to, to check it out. Um, even for just a consultation, you know, please feel free to, to reach out to us. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about, that's about all I have. Yeah. So I have a question. So will you, and maybe you already do, is there an app that kids will be able to have access to on their phones as well? Or will yeah, it- absolutely. Okay. So right now um, the app it's it's available on um, the Apple store. It should, again, um, you know, looking early November um, be available on the app store and the Google play store. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Compass AR, and that's C-O-M-P-A-S-S-A-R. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that will be kind of our, our launch pad for a lot of the like XR, AR um, products that we have. So we'll be using that app as kind of, you know, how to interact with, um, you know, our products and our um you know, different engagements as, as we go forward. But yeah, I encourage, you know, everyone to to download that as well. I uh, just did. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. Great. So I look forward to sharing this as well too, because it looks Great. really interesting. Um, how do you, how would you tell someone who, you know, because a lot of times we have students as we saw with the pandemic, um, mm-hmm that a lot of students did not have access to, you know, technology in their homes, right? So which is the reason why so many schools were loaning out, you know, MacBooks and, 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 um, and Google, and Google Chromebooks. So what do you do in that instance? Well, for those, that's part of the reason why we started with the physical books um, as well. Mm -hmm. So the, the stories within the books themselves aren't dependent on, you know, the technology to kind of bring elements of that experience like to life. Um, I think that the, the stories themselves, like, you know, again, like they have a lot of value and what we try to do even through like the illustrations um, that are within the book is like make that experience and that, um, you know, kind of engagement clear when it comes to the um, like the catalog itself um with the tours that are on it i think that that's something that we're gonna have to try and figure out a way to have available offline Mm -hmm. um right now online is the is the only way to have access to those um those resources but again hopefully like through some of these nonprofit organizations that we're able to work with um we can find ways to you know make those more accessible um to, to different communities but yeah, for right now, it's the the products are the the kind of story storybooks themselves. Got and, it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that online catalog. So, if you could have like your dream in five years or or sooner, let's say, let's even make it sooner than that, like three years. What do you see as, um, you know, the best thing that could happen for Udisa? I mean, ideally, ideally, um, you know, we would be able to raise a 
a solid amount, um, a solid amount of funding within the next five years um, to the point where we're able to kind of create and test out, you know, different types of products that are maybe incorporating these technologies and, you know, the future technologies into them, mm-hmm. but in such a way that is, you know, kind of as you, as you, as you just mentioned, you know, accessible. Um, because I think there, there are a lot of ways to get creative with uh, um, different types of products that you can kind of bring and make available to students um, mm-hmm. that can still have, you know, like not just social emotional learning um, benefits, but, you know, um, you know, the the benefits of some of these other online resources um, and being able to bring that to life, um, I think it was, is going to take some funding. And, you know, that's something that we're going to be looking into um, like pretty seriously within the next year. So ideally, all of that can, you know, kind of come to fruition and, um, you know, we can get our series off the ground um, to, you know, having all seven because it's a, a seven volume series. Um, So having those, um, you know, all kind of completed would be a great five year, um, you know, five year kind of landmark. Well, you introduce new characters. Oh, yeah. So the so in each of the each of the stories right now, um, and this is actually it's probably going to be one of um, I don't say the best parts, but like one of my favorite parts about um, the stories is that through the compass app um you know they're always going to be developing they're always going to be um you know not necessarily changing but like the content within them um can be kind of toggled um and illustrated in you know kind of a variety of ways um so the technology as it improves will not Mm -hmm. kind of bring in the um like the interaction that like students will be able to have with the characters but the characters themselves like will kind of explore beyond into like a whole world of um just like anansi characters and uh and experiences kind of like the the looney tunes of like african um got it right right oh i love that idea things like that yeah so that's the that's like the five years ideally getting into that space but then you know, with the added benefit of like the XR technologies that, um, you know, can kind of add a layer of depth and a layer of analysis at like kind of varying age levels um, to those stories and to, you know, inevitably the experiences that will come with the catalogs, um, you know, of the 360 experiences. Got it. Yeah, I really like that idea a lot. So I'm glad that you spoke to that piece because, um, you know, people like things that are really interactive, um, you know, of all ages. So I think that it's great that you're, you know, that you're building upon and expanding that idea. Thank you. Sure, sure. No, but thank you, Asante, for, you know, taking pride in our heritage and sharing your journey and creating a more inclusive way of um, learning for children of all ages, because really people never stop learning. And if it's intriguing and interesting enough, you know, they'll be encouraged to to not just read about it and learn, but also to share the information. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks so much for joining me. And good family, that's it for this episode of the No Good People podcast. Um, be sure to check out all of the products that Asante has mentioned today 
and to please support and share the information that he shared. Uh, and also be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share the good energy with your friends and family. So until next time, I'm Vera Smith-Winfrey. And remember, it's always good to know good people. The No Good People podcast is co-produced by Kennedy Gale Productions and So Very Vera Productions. Music produced by Trevor Pitts of Pitts Campaign Music. The No Good People podcast can be streamed through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other selected streaming services.